This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 64 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. We're kicking off today's episode with fellow HRN host Kayla Benny as she gives her best tips for getting the perfect photo for your sales ad and what you should look for when shopping for your next horse. Our RRP spotlight writer is Tony Harmon, who will be competing two horses in this year's Mega Makeover. She's got one from 2020 and 2021. Wow. The girl's got more time than I do. Let's, that's for sure. And then lastly, Leandra joins us from New Vocations to share another tip and introduces our adoptable horse of the week, Majestic Affair. Our listener of the week is Annie the OTTB. If you'd like to be our listener of the week, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Oh, Jamie. Hello, friend. You, How have you been? It's been great because I'm not sweating all the time anymore. I'm oh, really yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> uh, some of people aren't. Some people still are. I live in the old. north four more weeks from now. And then Whatever. You have four trip. days and you're going to be like, oh, my God, it's so cold. I know. Oh. I'm like, when do the sweaters come out? They're itching. They're itching to come out of the <laughs> closet. That's for sure. But what's well, been new with you? Um, yeah, oh, my gosh. The horses in my life just continued to be uh, challenging, but fun. I actually had to, and this is such a gift that I get to do this. I got to send a message to Monty Roberts asking him for help on one of my horses. And oh, he really? actually got back with me. What's funny is that I have this horse and she's here for training and she's off the track and she went to the rescue. She's really nice to hop on and walk around. But the second you ask her to trot, she throws up her head, pins her ears and starts swishing her tail and just seems very unhappy. So I decided to do like the butte test because if it's pain, butte will mask it for. So I gave her three days in a row butte. First day off, second day was inside reins and third day I got back on and I'm like, here we go. And I go to put my leg on her and she throws her head up, pins her ears, swishes her tail and just did not want to go forward. So I sent Monty the video of that via his daughter, Debbie, who hosts the horsemanship radio show on our network. Thank God we have that connection. And uh, he said, I want to talk to her. Oh boy. Okay. So he calls me and they put him on the phone and he's like, no, I need to see her. I need to see her. Oh boy. Okay. Now I'm in trouble. I just got out of the barn. My like helmet hair mess. And so they put it on FaceTime and here's Monty, like all decked out joy in like his hat and his little neckerchief, whatever it's called in his mm-hmm. blue shirt. He's like, he's camera ready. And I said, oh, what are you doing? I'm not camera ready. What do you look like? Amazing. Apparently they're filming a documentary on him. Oh my God. And they're there and they wanted to record our FaceTime video. I was like, I'm not ready for this. Like, <laughs> you are always perpetually that girl. I like, am. You are. It's so 
embarrassing, but he ended up coaching me through it. And he actually gave me some really great advice for an off the track thoroughbred and a little bit of like a day in the life of your off the track thoroughbred, which was, he goes, I bet she was really fast and she gave 110%. And I was like, yeah, she did. She actually won a lot of races. And he goes, then I bet she just stopped. And I said, yeah, actually she did. She just kind of ran really fast, won a bunch of races and then just quit running. He goes, here's what happened. So we're at the track and she decides that she doesn't want to go super fast. And so they start whipping her and then they get a bunch of races out of her because they've been whipping her all the way around the track. And then she decides she's not going to do that anymore. And so then she got retired and then she came to you. And so he said, what I have to do is prove to her that the world has changed and that everything is different and nobody's going to hit her anymore. So we started working in side reins and the Pessoa system to think about getting her to keep her head low and go forward into that trot and then able to now get on her and I can ask her to go forward. I still have somebody in the middle of the round pin. She's very sensitive. And that is kind of like a, it's a big sensitive thoroughbred mare. And so my handler, Abby, will be in the middle of the arena and just raise her right hand with the line in it, the hand facing the hind end of the horse and encourage her forward. So I add leg. And if she doesn't go or if she throws her head up, Abby just raises her hand and the mare picks up a trot. And oh, so nice. we have done that like a hundred times. And I think we need to do it about a thousand more. And then, it, it can take some time depending on the trauma for sure. But it sounds yeah. like you're, you got a good path going. You're finally getting some momentum. I was so frustrated because I've never experienced this. And he goes, ah, I only see these gosh, five or six times a year. So mm -hmm. like, I, oh, that's a that's a small number for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, here I am a hot mess on FaceTime with Monty as they are filming it for a documentary and he's helping me. And so they recorded the whole thing, but in the end it ended up being great advice. And like I said, now she's improving a little bit and we're just going to have to continue to prove to her that the world has changed. And sometimes that's what it takes with your horses is mm -hmm. if, if they've had certain experiences and being able to learn to read what their experiences are. And then when I called the rescue owner and I told her what Monty said, she goes, yep, that's probably right. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it really happens. I mean, I have one of those slow developing mares and it's been so worth it. It's made me such a better owner, horse owner, rider, all of those things. But it's been a process. But once the foundation sticks and you change it, it really sticks. There's yeah. like no going backwards. It's in it. And I have such a wonderful horse now. So your oh. week's been a lot more eventful than mine. I, I just got to go look at new barns, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, are you moving your horse? I am. Says. Just one. And I'm down to one horse, which is, it's sad, but it's opened a lot of possibilities. And while I've loved my barn, I have amazing barn managers, which is hard to come by. It's like a retirement barn. Oh, <laughs> and they're yeah. all trail riders. And I'm like the only one there most of the time because everyone rides at 7 a.m. because they're all retired from work. Mm -hmm. And I'm there at 5 p.m. in the dark. It just kind of wasn't fulfilling what I needed. And it's a 45-minute drive one way. And I live in the north. So once that snow hits, it's an hour and a half drive one way. Yeah. yeah. So did you find a place with an indoor that's closer? I did. And <gasps> it was very odd. So I found this girl. She's an eventer. Super nice. And she's like... I have a place and you you can board here and it's $75 more than I'm paying and half my commute. I'm like, great. 
That Let's is go take it. a look. Oh, it's a story. She just bought this farm and it's in total renovation. They're like building a new outdoor. They have an indoor, but it's full of building supplies. They just put a new roof literally that day on the barn. So there's just stuff everywhere. And I'm like, oh, okay. Workable, but not what I expected. And she's like, if this doesn't work, you should see the barn that I work at. I'm like, okay. It was like a mile down the road, even closer to me, right next to an apple orchard that has spike cider. Just saying. Nice. Um, it's right next to that. So I was excited. It's such a nice barn. It's an eventing barn, so that'll be different for us. I've never been in an eventing barn. But everyone seems really chill. It's got a really good community. They got a nice youth program. Indoor, much bigger pasture for my horse, which I'm very excited about. And they had just really luscious grass at the end of summer. So that's a good sign. And everyone was just so friendly. So I'm really excited to get started. They do, do a bunch of you know what I heard? What I just heard coming out of your mouth is that you are now going to be an inventor. Yay! Well, someone's got to tell my cinnamon roll of a mare that she has to do some cardio first because she still gets meat sweats just looking at a saddle. <laughs> you are going to have to prove to her that the world has changed. Yeah. <laughs> we have moved to a new facility and life is about to kick yeah. in the butt. For sure, for sure. Yeah, keep us posted on that and how that's going. Moving barns is a bit like moving your house. Like it's, you got to meet your neighbors. You got to yeah, really get into the process. routine of things. So you learn where your grocery stores are, all of that. Yeah. So good. That's exciting. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. But I'm really excited to get into the show today. We're going to speak with Kayla Benny, who we all love. She's going to be great because it's sale season. The thoroughbred makeover is coming up. There's going to be a lot of horses for sale. So we're going to go over some tips of what you should look for if you're shopping in these posts, if you're shopping virtually, as well as if you're putting any for sale, what are the do's and don'ts of doing that? And then I think you guys are really going to love our spotlight writer, Tony. She's so phenomenal, so funny, and just has a lot of heart for it. So it's going to be a good show. But before we get into that, we're going to hear from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. I'm pleased to welcome to the show a host on the Horse Radio Network, the Sales and Breeding episode, Kayla Muller. Hey, Kayla. Hello. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. And we are going to talk about, gosh, I mean, our favorite thing, buying and selling horses. And I say that 
on both sides of my mouth because <laughs> sometimes it can be so fun and, and sometimes it's a nightmare. So tell, but we're going to talk to you a little bit about, because obviously if anybody has more specific questions, they can go listen to your show and get in touch with you, which we'll cover that at the end. But what we're kind of going to reference here is the makeover marketplace is something that if you're at the retired racehorse project, it's a big deal to market your horse if you are going to sell it. And I ended up having, when I went to the makeover, a very fantastic photographer come out to my farm and take some beautiful photos. And I felt like the money I spent for a professional photographer to take pictures was the best investment I've ever done as far as a sales ad for a horse. And what are some of the tips that you would give people for getting the good photos for your sales ad? Because that's the first thing people are going to see. The biggest tip I'm going to, like, and this is for the thoroughbred makeover, or which is actually more important because they do actually do a printout. They do their online market, but they also do like a catalog where they actually print. So if you have low quality photos, it shows up and it looks horrible. People are not going to look at those pictures. I can guarantee you our brains are like, operate at five seconds. So if we don't engage like, oh, that's a pretty picture, we're going to scroll on to the next one. It doesn't matter if it's on a screen or on paper. I would invest in having someone come out. It doesn't even have to be a professional photographer. It has to be a good camera. And the biggest thing is you're going to have to put your patient's pants on if you are not a professional photographer, because you are going to take 150 pictures and you are going to get two out of them. I guarantee it. Step forward. No, back up. Back up. No. Yeah, it's so, it can be very frustrating. You also have to realize that, especially for the thoroughbred makeover, you're operating with animals that are ages three to, okay, there's some older war horses in there, but they have the attention span of a toddler. So they're literally, okay, they're square. Take a photo. Oh, nope. They moved their foot. Oh, they're kicking out a fly. Oh, they're looking over there. Oh, they're doing, they're just like, it's literally trying to wrangle cats. And you're like, come on, focus, which is why you're going to take 150 pictures and just click. And then you just go through and you delete, but don't do them on your phone. Even iPhones and stuff, they have really good cameras. There's something about an actual, like, photography camera, camera, like a proper camera that just the quality, it's striking. You've got to think when you're scrolling through, even if you're not looking at horses maybe to actually buy, but you're just scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, you're drawn to the really vibrant pictures. So you're going to just you're gonna scroll, you're going to scroll, you're like, yeah, that one's cute. That one's cute. Oh, look at that one. And it may be a plain day, but the picture, the background, all of it catches your attention. And that's what you want out of a picture. You want a well-groomed horse standing on level ground or maybe slightly pro tip, maybe put them on a slightly uphill hill if, mm-hmm. if they're not the most uphill horse in the first place. You have to stand yeah. on the side of a mountain. Put your hooves on my tr- the trunk of my car. Yeah, okay? I was going to ask about that, Kayla. Like, because a lot of these thoroughbreds are so young and some of them might be butt high, some of them might yeah. be butt low. Is it worth showing like where they could be growing to or should we try to get them as even as possible? Okay, so you don't want to be dishonest. I mean, they are what they are. If somebody comes out and actually looks at the horse, they're not going, that doesn't look like, you don't want to completely catfish them. But <laughs> I love you, that. <laughs> you do want them to be appealing to the eye. So like, 
okay, you're not going to stand them on a mount. Like, uh, don't put the ho- front hooves on the mounting block and the back hooves on, <laughs> you know, on the ground and be like, oh, it's level. No, it's not. Maybe on somewhere on your property, you have a slight incline. You might be more prone to put them on that slight, and I say very slight, incline. Don't lie to the people, but a level horse is going to attract more attention, especially because they're growing. And most thoroughbreds are built uphill. There's, there are a couple that aren't. The majority of them are built uphill, but they're two, they're three, they're four, they're five. They're going through really weird stages in their life, and they're going to look like gangly teenagers. And we all remember what we look like as teenagers. Try to forget every day. And just having a really a nice background. You don't have a ton of stuff in your background. So maybe an open field or a tree line. I really like a tree line if it's a fall picture. You have the leaves that are changing color or like a nice gazebo in the background or something that like maybe adds a little softness to the background, but isn't, you're not like, Oh my God, what is that? Is that like a dog kennel? And how many dogs are in there? And Oh my God, look at that harrow. That's really close. Like I'm just, uh, then people start, you know, wondering what else is on your property instead of the subject at hand, which is the horse. So are you telling me not to put my horse in front of my single wide that has a tarp for a roof? I mean, I mean, you do you, boo boo. (laughs) (laughs) These are all great tips. Yeah. Main thing, just get the good cameras, spend the time, spend the money, whatever you need. Now, don't use filters. Don't use filters. No, don't don't use filters. It's This isn't your Instagram. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I was thinking Snapchat. The the one thing too is like you want to do it on a sunny day, but maybe like a sunny day is slightly, you want the perfect weather. You want it to be. Slightly overcast, but not too overcast. You do want the the sun to bring out, but usually doing it at later in the afternoon when the sun is slightly lower is a better time also because so, that's not as harsh. What she's saying is everybody put your horse in the trailer and let's go to San Diego <laughs> yes. and then we'll take some photos there. That'll be how <laughs> it is. Uh, now, another thing that we wanted to talk about is one thing that, and you and I covered this pretty extensively on your show because it's one of my favorite subjects and it's looking at horse ads and kind of picking them apart. That's what we do on Fridays. We read on horses in the morning, really bad ads and they're bad because some but somebody wrote that. And so obviously it's important to spell check and do those things, but also to when you're looking, okay, say you're looking at a video of a horse and I just was sent this yesterday and it is this beautiful black horse and there's a jump set up in the arena and the horse canters up to the jump, jumps the jump and canters away. And then cut to the canter the other way and then cut to some trot circles and then cut to some canter circles. Do you know what's missing in all of this, people? A couple things. Number one, transitions. I need to see transitions. Bore me with your transitions. And also, how does the horse approach the fence in the corner and land and behave in the next corner? Those are things that I look for. What about you, Kayla? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about before and and you kind of just covered everything. So like when I'm putting together my sales videos, like going back to like putting them together, but it's also what you want to be looking at when you're buying is I do really boring, long flat work videos. Okay. I might chop them up just a tiny bit, but I'll do from walk to trot. I'll do a trot circle. Then I'll pick up the canner. I'll do a canner circle, go down the long side, go across the diagonal, change direction, do another canner, 
And then, so I'm showing the fluidity of like basically where the horse is at. Like, okay, so maybe this horse is a little weak behind. So our downward transitions aren't great, but this is where they're at. And then for the jumping, you know, I'll string a couple jumps together. I might do shorter clips because again, people's attention spans, like if it's a really long winded video, I will like personally, I'll scroll right through it, like uh, to see what I want to see, which is how does the horse jump? How does it land from the jump? Does it like pull? And then does it do a lead change or do they do a trot through things like that? If you're looking at an older horse, you want to see them do a lead change. But if you're looking at a younger horse, I I really don't care because those can all be trained. But As far as buying too is, I will say as a buyer or as a seller, I'll go back to being a seller for a minute, is when you have questions as a buyer, don't just say more details, please. Because you're like, I don't know what you want to know. Like I can tell you that. Yeah, I I don't respond anymore because I'm like, I I will say, what would you like to know is my one response. And if they don't, they go, I would like more details. Okay, our conversation is through because... What details do you want to know? Because I'm pretty open in my ads. Okay, I'm straight and I'm to the point, but I I give you all the details. I give you what its temperament's like in the barn and what it's like under saddle, who it's suitable for, what it's done, where it's located, age, heights, all of that sort of thing. And I will put the video link I actually put on YouTube so that I can share the link to other people and I don't have to go searching through my phone scrolling on videos and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So I have it as an actual link on YouTube. I'll just send the link out. So if you want more details, you need to be specific when you're asking like, and, and make a list. You can make a little checklist. This is what I want in a horse. And you can send that. Don't be shy. Like, okay, I'm looking for this and this in a horse. Do you think this horse is suitable? An honest person will answer you honestly. And then there's the sellers that are like, yeah, it'll work. But then you just ask for a lot of videos. Okay. I would like to see a little bit more flat video, please. And I would like to see these transitions. I want to see it jump a course with a Liverpool. I want to see it jump a ditch and go through water on cross country, things like that. And they might not accommodate to you. Like they might be like, sorry, I don't have time. I've got six people coming to look at the horse. So if you would like to schedule a visit, great. And if not, if these people are interested, I'll go take a cross country schooling then. So Also, don't expect the sellers to jump at that if they don't have the video available. I always make all my video available to the people. And so if you come to me and you're like, I'd like to see more video. Okay, that's all the video I have. So what would you like to see? And I will try to make you a video. And the best thing is to like, just if you're close by, just go look at the horse. (laughs) But that's not always the case. True. Now we do have social media and you can go watch videos of I'm in Florida, go watch ho- horses in California. I'm not going to, okay, yeah, I'll be there in 36 hours. You don't want to waste your time and you don't want to waste the seller's time. Asking a bunch of questions. You're, yeah, you may be a squeaky wheel, but as long as you're really clear with those questions, honest seller will get back too. to you. Yeah. Clear and patient and kind. Just be a decent human being. Kayla, where can people go to find out more about you, your show, your people, and your amazing horses that you show jump and Grand Prix stuff in Florida? Because <laughs> you're amazing and you're my personal hero. <laughs> Thank you. Not quite Grand Prix yet, but we did do a future priest. We are the future. You can go to Selkuth, which is S-E-L-C-O-U-T-H, sporthorses.com. Personal Facebook page is Kayla Benny, B-E-N-E-Y. I have a Selkuth Sport Horses page. And you can listen to me every fourth Thursday of the month on Horses in the Morning for the special episode um, of Sales and Breeding. Fantastic. Kayla. 
thank you so much for being a part of things. And if you don't, if you are friends with Kayla on Facebook or follow Selkuth, do it because you'll get a lot of like, what's the word I'm looking for, Joy? <laughs> when you get like a lot out of watching somebody's video, it's like very drool worthy and yes. awesome. Yes. She so, has amazing and, jumping videos and amazing TikToks that will. Oh, yeah. Cool. I was going to say, I do have a TikTok. Oh, well. see, I'm too, I have, I, am I too old for TikTok? No, you guys, no one's too old for TikTok. Um, I <laughs> see grandma's on TikTok, Jamie. Yeah. So you're, you're good. You're I'm not a good. grandma yet, but I am a mother. So I don't know. I felt <laughs> oh, like there's a whole there's a lot of moms TikTok. and moms yeah. to be who are TikTokers. Yeah. So okay, uh, I am no TikTok famous worthiness, but I, I do have a TikTok that I do funny videos with my horses sometimes. And, and I have an Instagram too. So and where can we find your uh, TikTok? What is it? At Kayla Benny. At Kayla Benny. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, we appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Some parts of the country and the world are wrapping up fly time. Not so much down here in Oklahoma. I just had to put some more fly traps out today. My horses are still wearing fly sheets and fly masks, and it's still fly season. The one we dread where our horses roll, kick, scratch, and buck to the flies. But Cashel Company's got your back. Cashel Company's Crusader line has everything you and your horse need to stay fly-free and comfortable this summer. Available in fly masks, sheets, and boots, Cashel Company's Crusader line comes in an array of styles and sizes that offer an amazing alternative to chemical-based fly sprays that are expensive and don't last long. Don't forget to check out Cashel's Quiet Ride line as well to enjoy those summer hacks and fall hacks and not worry about the horse flies ruining your ride. Ask me how I know. Treat you and your horse to some fly-free comfort and check out Cashel Company's Crusader and Quiet Ride products today at any one of their nationwide authorized dealers or visit CashelCompany.com. That's CashelCompany.com. I'm really excited to introduce you to our next guest, Tony Harmon. She'll be competing in the mega makeover of 2021 in a couple weeks now. It's coming up very quickly. And she's done something very unique. She has a 2020 horse and a 2021 horse. And no, she's not crazy. She's just that talented. So welcome to the show, Tony. Hi, Joy. Thank you. We're excited to have you, and especially because you're a Western thoroughbred girl, and we love how many people are taking thoroughbreds and getting them into the Western world. But before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about where you are in the world right now and how you got into retraining thoroughbreds. I've always been into horses. I'm not a big show person per se. I started showing late in life in my 30s. I started doing show jumpers. Moved to uh, Chicago area and was introduced to working equitation, which I recommend to everybody. It's such a great sport and it gave me the focus to be able to have the courage to go down to Kentucky and compete. But my boyfriend has had an off the track horse one at a time for the last 15 years. And I just thought, why not give it a shot? I heard about the makeover, just thought it would be fun. And here we are doing my third and fourth makeover simultaneously this year. Kind of excited about it. That is exciting. And you've been successful at the makeover. You're a veteran in it and you won in 2019 in competitive trail. I did. And I won in 2018 in ranch work, which is, which blew my mind both times, mm -hmm. but so I can do it. Anybody can do it. I mean, that's a testament to your training for sure. And we'll dive a little bit more into that, but for anyone who's not familiar with ranch work or competitive trail at the makeover, how would you describe 
each of those competitions. Competitive trail, it, it sounds like it would be easy, but it's kind of technical. There are a lot of um, different elements to it that you just have to have your horse ready for anything, whether it's a water box with a like a grate over it where the water splashes up, which was my nemesis in 2018, to going down a balance beam that's about 18 inches wide, to riding your horse under a covered wagon or pool noodles or, oh my gosh, there are just so many different, with the water element at the Kentucky Horse Park was a big challenge for a lot of horses last, mm -hmm. at the last makeover. But just having your horse really kind of broke to any situation. I mean, you don't necessarily have to do canter pirouettes or anything like that, but you just have to have your horse trust you that when you ask him to try a new obstacle, if he hasn't seen it before, that he's going to you know, just trust you that you're not putting him in a really scary, crazy situation. I mean, uh, that sounds like a, a heavy load in a way. Like, how do you prepare a horse without really, like, you'll know there's some elements. There's a water element and things like that. But how do you like to prepare your horses for, for coming into that? I do a lot of in-hand work. Because I live in a, a region of this uh, country that doesn't have good weather for about six months of the year. So I'm out there doing in-hand work when it's muddy or snowy. And I, I teach them everything in hand as though I were on them. And lo and behold, within the first couple of rides, they understand what a side pass is. They understand how to back through things. It's just amazing how they just pick it up and they learn so quickly. And it's a lifesaver for me because I don't get to ride for about six months out of the year. I'm in Michigan, so I understand completely. I'm sure several of our listeners can relate too. And you don't have an indoor arena or any of the, the fancy facilities we all are eager to have in our backyard someday to do that training. Exactly. So I, I really rely on the in-hand work and it has really been very helpful in having the horses understand the obstacles. And my boyfriend has been really great about building a couple of things. I only have a handful of things out here. You can get a tarp at Home Depot. You can drag, you can buy a rope and just, just caught there. Most of these obstacles don't cost anything. So it's just a matter of being creative and just spending a lot of time with your horse. I love it. It's doable for anyone and pretty much any budget, at least for competitive trail, just build yourself some obstacles, build yourself the scary horse that People like me, aka the dressage rider, who's like, oh my gosh, no. But it's important. It's and it gives your horse a sounder foundation. What about for the ranch work? How do you prep for that? It's like in my brain, again, I'm an English person. I'm thinking, if do you have to have cows on hand? Or do you have to teach them how to take the rope off? Like, how does that all work with ranch work? I know I sound very ignorant. But. No, I, the first year I did it, I had never done anything like that before. And they didn't have cattle involved the first year that I went, which was great. A pattern where you jog in, you do an extended jog, you halt, and you do one. Actually, it was a 360. You canter, and you can do a simple lead change. So it's just a, a very simple pattern. And then they had obstacles, about five obstacles after that. But in 2019, they had cattle. And I had only introduced my horse to cows twice. So it was a bit of a challenge, but I was just concerned going in. Was he even going to go in the pen with these cows? And then he went in and he sorted some cows out. So having access to cattle is a huge plus. 
because if your horse is not going to want to go in the pen, much less sort them, you just really kind of aren't going to get a great score. So trying to get access to just a handful of them, just so that they understand that they're not alligators and they're not going to eat them kind of thing. You don't really have to do a lot of cutting or any herd workers, just basic introduction. And you could just go in and sort them out. And you know, this isn't world-class cutting. No, that makes sense. So biggest recommendation, anyone going into ranch work, find some friends who have cows, ask yes. if you can hang out for the day if you can or something like that. Make friends with a cattle rancher or even a dairy farmer. There's a bunch mm -hmm. of dairy farmers but I, I don't know them. So I think I'm going to try to make friends because my, one of my horses has not seen cows yet. So I kind of um, have the pressure on. <laughs> I think a lot of people are feeling that pressure though at the end of the day, but it, it sounds so exciting that the horses are that versatile. They're coming from this very quick career of sprinting around a circle. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, they're so exposed because of the crowds and all these other horses and everything they go through, but they're still pretty sheltered overall. So it's, it's almost a complete 180, the ranch work, as well as the competitive trail to what they're used to. It's slower pace. It's more focused. There's all of these new elements and there's not a track pony next to them to tell them it's going to be okay. Like you're their new track pony. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just a matter of gaining that trust, which is, I think my number one priority is, has having that relationship with my horse where he does trust me and is willing to kind of take a chance with me. So once I have that, I feel we've got a lot of hope. <laughs> and I feel kind of safe that we're not going to get in any dangerous situation. So it's just a, a great relationship and they have such try. Oh my gosh, their hearts are just so giant. And it's just so nice when you've got a horse fresh off the track that they don't really, some of them are real friendly. Some of them have great upbringing. Some of them just are like machines. So if you get one that was a machine and they don't really understand affection or love, then all of a sudden they start looking for you around the corner when you come in the morning and then they start winning at you. It's just like, Oh my gosh, I love you so much. And you know, you just gain their trust and you gain their, their heart because they have the hugest hearts ever. And they're so willing and they don't have a lot of no in them. The ones I've had experience with don't have a lot of no. And I love that. Oh my gosh, Tony. Like, so we're going to save this clip and we're going to use everything you just said as our main spokes for this entire podcast. Cause that's what we're about. We're here to say like how big their hearts are. and They have so much try. All of them just have so much try and so much willingness to put in the effort. Just they're curious. They want to make you happy. They want a partnership. Yeah, they do. I mean, every horse is different. The one I've been lucky enough to have, they just, I don't know. They just seem to really want to do well and to do the right thing. As long as I, anytime they do something stupid, it's because I asked them the wrong way. I didn't ask the right question. Didn't explain it thoroughly, or I just, I made a mistake. So I just try not to make many mistakes. And if I do, I ask for forgiveness and, and I try harder the next time. But, I think that's you know, the best we can do. I think at the end of the day, it's the best we can do. I think we'll jump into what everyone wants to know the most. Tell us about your makeover horses. Oh, I love my, oh my gosh. I love my horses. 
I have a gelding for my 2020. He's my 2020 hopeful, and he is an Uncle Mo baby, and he's kind of gangly. He's kind of silly, and just I can walk him around the yard. All my makeover horses get to eat and the good grass, which is our lawn. And I just let him out there while I'm home. There's no fence or anything. I just lead him by the cheekbone. And he's super chill. You'd think he was 20 until you get on him. And then he's like, oh, okay. He's taken a little bit to kind of figure out what's going on. And he's always been anxious. And then one day, just out of the blue, he just kind of settled in. He goes, oh, that's what we're doing. And now he's super chill. And I love it. I don't even know what happened. There was no defining moment, but just one day he goes, okay, I'm not going to be stressed anymore. Going to just do all these things and it's all good. I love him. My 2021 hopeful is a spicy young four-year-old filly that raced March, like late in March this year. I got her in April and spent the last four months trying to put some weight on her. Now she doesn't look like a yearling anymore, but she's super sweet, super handy. Not quite sure what she thinks about all the obstacles. She's willing to do them, but she's, she likes a job. When she's busy, she's good. If it's just kind of going in circles, she's, eh, that's not her favorite thing. But she's a real trier, and I think, oh, I think she's going to be my three-day horse. She's going to be my little jumper, dressage, and cross-country pony. She just that's happy. interesting. I didn't know you did eventing as well. I, not extensively, but before I moved to Chicago, I was getting into... Uh, three day and then we moved and, and then I got into working equitation but this little little bay mare and all my all my thoroughbreds are plain bays but I don't care what color they are they can come with purple legs and green manes I don't care what color they are they, they got a good heart that's all I care about Tony you definitely love your horses it shows I and everywhere you're describing them it's just filled with love in every word uh, before we wrap up I would love if what you would say to someone who is interested in the makeover, but felt like they didn't have the means or it seemed like too big of an ass, too big of a lift to try it. I think you should talk to people who have done it, reach out. I think if you're, if you're able to go down this year and experience it or volunteer, volunteering at the makeover will give you such, it's like behind the scenes feel and get to know the players. It is the best group of people. Oh my gosh. It's just, the show is like a well-oiled machine and they, they do so much to help all of the trainers. I can't even tell you how honored and humbled I am that I'm getting to do this for the fourth time. It's just so much fun. It's not like your regular shows where there's just all this competition and all this kind of, I don't know, everybody just wants to help each other. And it's just been the most fun experience I think I've ever had with horses. And I would highly recommend it to anybody. And if you're not as comfortable uh, doing it on your own, get help with a trainer. Seek a trainer's help so that you have that comfort level, but just do it. It's one of the cheapest horse shows I think I've ever been to in terms of being able to go to the horse park. I would never be able to compete there. And to be able to go down and just spend a couple hundred bucks for a stall, a couple hundred bucks for the entry fee, it's a no-brainer for me. I would highly recommend it to anybody. And if you're an amateur, get a trainer. I mean, I'm an amateur, but I've been around horses for my whole life. And I've been, all my horses that I've had, I've had to start myself. So I've had, I have that experience, but get yourself a trainer if, if you don't feel confident doing it on your own.
but just do it. Just do it. It's so much fun and you won't regret it. It's just a I blast. I love it. I love it. That's great. And yes, volunteer. And if you have time that's coming up in a few weeks, I know it's a quick trip. They are still looking for volunteers this year. You can check it out at the RRP website. Listen, if you want to get in touch with Kristen herself, let me know. Send me an email. I'll help you out. But Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your story and being an amazing advocate for the thoroughbred. Thank you. Yes. The thoroughbreds are, I can't imagine my life without them. They're the best. They really are. Thanks again and have a great day. And we'll see you at the makeover. Thank you. See you soon. It's our favorite time of the episode where we get to talk to Leandra Cooper from New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Hello, Leandra. Hello. Thank you so much for being on with us uh, again. Now, we love to get a training tip from you before we take a look at this majestic affair drink of water that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Oh my gosh, he's beautiful. But before we get to that, Joy and I were talking a little bit about how the weather's changing and how things are kind of, temperatures are dropping at certain times in some places anyway. And sometimes your thoroughbred can be a little excited that the the temperatures are going to change. What are some things that you do, as Joy said, to mitigate the disaster that's happening that could happen? (laughs) I like that you're you are 100% on target that some horses, just like people, are really sensitive to changes in the weather. So I like to take, as I say, I feel like all the time, a really individualized approach because it usually is pretty clear the horses who are going to be the more sensitive ones because they tend to be more sensitive in other areas. And certainly if you see their behavior change when the weather changes, a good solid mental note to make that they're, they just are a little bit more sensitive to it. When we think about excitability in the horses, obviously like they have a very sensitive system that they have this sort of quick ability to tap into that fight or flight mode when they're anxious and they're kind of feeling in a place like there is potential threat and that might just be the weather's coming or things are changing and whatnot. So it's sort of good to have an understanding of the way that their sympathetic nervous system is going to kick in the things that are maybe their sort of default moves. But just when you're thinking about like an anxious horse, the fact that just the sympathetic nervous system is built in, it's meant to protect them and it's doing its job. It just is not as good as sort of pairing that with why that's kicking in. So your job more than anything is going to be to get to that place of relaxation because we know when they kick into that fight or flight mode, you're not going to make a lot of progress and it's probably not going to be super fun. It certainly doesn't reflect what they are at their most ideal, kind of like with people. If you're really upset and you're feeling defensive, you're probably not going to be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of my goal in that situation to be to get that horse to a point of relaxation. And just like with everything else I said, that is a really individual thing to consider. So some horses might really appreciate being groomed for extra long hey, you might want to turn on some classical music just for fun. Like just tap into all the things to really try to tap into the parasympathetic system, all the things that are going to balance, all the things that are going on in their head that you can't just sort of explain to them like, hey, I know what you're feeling like this. I get it. Let's work it through it together. So you have to do that in a nonverbal sort of way 
like you might, well, maybe you like using essential oils, like throw some lavender on yourself, whatever you feel like you need to do to get to the point of relaxation. Every horse is going to be just as different as every person is, but even in, with some horses, maybe you, in your own comfort level, maybe you want to lunge beforehand and get a real gauge of what they're going to be like before you get on. And that's totally fine. Maybe you feel comfortable hopping on. And if they're a little excitable, then again, just keep your target on getting to a point of relaxation, being adaptable to your targets for the day. But really just thinking from a point of like, take a big old breath yourself, because the best thing you're going to do is be a leader for them in that pathway to finding that point of relaxation. It's the absolute most important thing. So like, that's where I always try to keep my mind because it's so easy to get frustrated or get a little nervous. And you just kind of have to come from a point of sympathy because they're in a reactive mode. They're not processing things in the same sort of way. And weather is not exactly a tangible thing that you can point to as why they're getting one way or another. But it's really important to know as best you can your horse's baseline and then just getting to know the things that work for them to get to that point of relaxation. And that's going to help you, whether it's weather, whether you're in a new environment that's scary to them and literally anything that you do. But certainly my default tends to fall back to things like spending extra time grooming or just rubbing on them or doing lunging or taking an extra long warm up, whatever your mm-hmm. warm up is. Like I like to do a lot of walking and just making sure that they have a lot of time to get from this freaked out mode and to like say it's just even from a physical standpoint, warming up, grooming helps warm them up, walking helps warm them up. Same with lunging. It's going to give them time to adapt whichever way the weather is going, if whether it's hot and they're going to need to sort of get into that mode, or if it's cold and they need to warm up, it's not going to hurt. So just having sympathy for them, really focusing on relaxation and then the rela- the uh, warm up part of it then I think those are going to be your best bets as sort of a universal standpoint. I love what Monty Roberts says, and it's adrenaline up, learning down, adrenaline down, learning up. Yeah. So basically, if yeah. you are not going to get anywhere else. You, you have to get that relaxation first. And that is the most you important do. thing to yeah. remember before you can get anything else done. And it'll help keep you okay. a lot safer. Now, I love this horse Majestic Affair, and I love what you actually wrote in his description. And tell everybody a little bit about the spicy chicken nugget. I laugh about that because it seems like such a ridiculous thing to say, but there are truly no three words that I could think of that (laughs) would more accurately describe him because he's a classic redhead in some ways. So he can be a little bit spicy and opinionated, but I mean, in some ways he's earned that he had 36 starts on the track. He, 12 of those were wins. Like that's pretty awesome. He won over half a million dollars and he's, nine years old now. He's a 2012. So he's nine years old now. So he's kind of at a point where he feels like he's very much been there, done that. So now learning a different career path is something that is obviously an adjustment for him. And he's done very well in that, which if you look at pictures of him on our website, you'll see that his belly reflects his ability to relax very well and become comfortable. <laughs> as He is a, not a hard very keeper. Much Right. He's a long way away from his race fit kind of days. But so you you have this benefit of having him been a lot of places, done a lot of things in that way. But he can have some opinions. He can be a little bit on the spicy side. He does have a little bit of that motor. But so in the other parts of that spicy chicken nugget, he can be a little bit of a wimp because he's 
still learning how all these things outside of the controlled environments of the training barns and the track. So there are some things he just takes a little bit longer to get used to. And then, of course, the nugget, mostly referring to his physical appearance as more of a plump nugget. But we just (laughs) love him. I mean, this is a cool horse who has a lot to offer. And for somebody who is not intimidated by a horse who has a little bit more of a motor and just doesn't like to be strong-armed into things, then I think he's going to be a really cool mount. No matter what he does, could be the hunt field with some time and getting used to all the different things. It could be barrel racing. It could be being a husband horse. It could be lots and lots of different things because he's just versatile. He's big bodied. He just is going to take the right kind of person, but we feel pretty confident that we can find that for him because he's a really neat horse. What I like about him is that he like in the videos, he's so just so people know, he is a very solidly built 15, I mean, he's nine, 15, three-hand chestnut thoroughbred gelding, and he's got a beautiful stripe down his face. I believe he's got some chrome on some hind legs. And uh, wh- what I love about this type of horse is that it's a forward yet sensitive ride. Yeah. And mm-hmm. after riding a lot of horses that you're like, push, but push, it's nice to have one that is forward moving and he looks like it. He knows how to canter. He's balanced enough at his age to know all the things and to be balanced enough. And so it's not an intimidating thing to move him into the canter. And I, I, yeah, he's really cool. He is. Everything, you hit the nail on the head. Everything about that. Yeah, perfect. Where can people find him and adopt him and take him home? You can head right on over to our website, which is horseadoption.com or newvocations.org. And if you go to the horses tab, you'll see Majestic Affair here is listed as one of the horse profiles. He's here in our Lexington, Kentucky facility. And for the seat price of $1,000, he can be yours to take home today as long as you're an approved applicant. If you're not already, you can definitely fill an application same website, horseadoption.com. But we have so many amazing horses looking for great homes. Majestic Affairs, just one of them, but he is certainly one who is actively seeking kind of person. So we hope that we can find that for him. Yeah, he is really cool. I mean, like go watch the first video and he's doing flying lead changes across the diagonal. So he's pretty talented. (laughs) Right. No big deal. Leandra, thank you so much for being on with us. We really appreciate it and have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Leandra. Joy, I do believe that I have to apologize for a mistake I made. (laughs) That you do. That you do. That's okay. (laughs) But yeah, so Kayla, who was a guest, I have known her through the the radio world for a long time. And I called her Kayla Muller at the beginning of the interview. And I introduced her that way. That's her maiden name. And she's literally been married like five years. (laughs) There is no reason. It's okay. You haven't caught up yet. That's okay. It just popped into my head. And then she said something about Kayla Benny and I was like, oh, I think I messed up. But yeah, so uh, just because we love you long time, Kayla. Sorry. Uh, Kayla Benny is her name, not Kayla Muller. That was her previous life. Anyway. You can find our links to show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram, search for Retired Racehorse Radio. And I have a Facebook page, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. And you can email me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. 
And you can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at the foodie equestrian. Thank you so much for our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com, including Kayla's show. You'll love it. So remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys. Bye.